going to do a full. Uh... Beautiful. That's lovely. Um, well, welcome to the podcast, Josh. Uh, it's good to see you. And, uh, you know, for uh, listeners, uh, Josh is a really interesting creative guitarist who um, does all sorts of wacky <laughs> explosive improvisations like i feel like explosive is like the adjective that comes to mind uh like there's something very uh I don't know. Oh. yeah uh i don't know if you agree with that but uh, we can get into that in a second uh what uh what's your coffee drinking like these days <laughs> my coffee well here's what i do um you know i love coffee so much Totally. Um, I, I met, I met somebody down here in the LA river, but I just set up to start practicing. Cause when I moved to LA, I had to order practice and it, his name um, is Greg. He calls himself Tristero and he roasts, he roasts coffee and he's really, really rad. And, uh, he, I, I usually get a bag of beans from him. He roasts in downtown LA now. And I usually get a bag of beads from him every week. And then every other week, I pick up a bag of heart roasters from Portland beans. <laughs> and I've just been making uh, pour overs at home using a V60. Beautiful. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, those are my two favorite um, roasters, heart and Tristero. <laughs> Tristero? Um, oh, cool, cool, cool. I, yeah, I've heard of that now that I think of it. Um, rad cool um what what's their uh, coffee like or like what type of coffees do they have or does he have he, right now i'm sipping on a an ethiopia guji that he roasted he's into tons of really crazy experimental um naturals that use like new processes and stuff but i've always i used to love naturals but now i just like washed but okay. um but he, he's kind of on his own journey, but he's like a super into tasting. Like he's always sipping on things and tasting different wild beers and stuff. So, but he doesn't seem to care what anybody else is doing as far as roasting. And so he's kind of on his own path. And, and so it just tastes way different to me than other, other roasters in, in a really exciting way. Awesome. Cool. I'll have to possibly a, little, possibly a little darker than yeah, I some of these that. guys. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh man so uh, i feel like with coffee i like i used to want to taste all the weird things but uh now i'm just kind of like i just want something that is reliably delicious and satis like satisfying to my uh coffee needs do you do you like the weird stuff too or do you um i mean you you said you don't like uh, naturals as much are you into like the normal stuff well, i was i was gonna ask you about that because you're the one that tipped me off on just drinking um coffee coffee instead of espresso because mm -hmm. you felt like there was more nuance and subtleties to the flavor so ever since i met you which was probably like six six or seven years ago mm -hmm. i mostly just been drinking actual coffee and everybody's into african coffees and stuff but guess what every time i drink a south american coffee i just love it because it tastes even extra balanced maybe a little right, bit right. mellower but super, super, super like balanced and just delicious. Right. But so, but still, most of the time, I'm honestly sipping on like Indians or Ethiopians. But I love, I love South American coffees too. Yeah. And I, I wonder. Like... I was going to ask you: is that, is that characteristic of South American? Are they usually like a little more balanced and less 
Yeah, I, I'd outrageous. Say so. Like, uh, like in my mind, Honduras is always like very balanced and uh, still has some nice nuance and like just always like a nice overt like vanilla flavor. Um, coffees mm. from Brazil though are like uh, very like heavy bodied, so it's like maybe balanced but like a little bit uninteresting, but also just like you know, like there's so much weight and uh, you know body and thickness to it. Um, Whoa. Yeah, like other places, like um, like Bolivia has really crazy coffees, um, because they have such high elevation, and uh, so you get like these crazy coffees where like, because it's high up enough, it like affects the way that the sugars and the soil produce, and so you get like a lot of complexity. But, um, yeah, like the the Colombia's like I, I always love Colombian coffee, and like uh, I don't know, have you had like Mexican coffee like from Oaxaca? No, but that's my favorite place on earth because i make mezcal too <laughs> nice um whoa okay so i overgeneralized when i just said south america that's cool um i think the ones that i have been sipping on usually were like honduras or guatemala mm -hmm. yeah i feel like hondo guatemala and colombia are like to me that's like balance central like everything's like gonna be so even um and then, like, if you get to like, okay, okay, El Salvador, cool. Panama, it's like a little bit more like, like strange and interesting. Um, but I mean, I, I'm also overgeneralizing, okay. so I feel like somebody else would like be even more specific. But you know, whatever. Um, cool, man. Oh, I'm loving this. Um, how much? <laughs> how would you say coffee influences your uh, practice as a musician? Like, you know, are you like David Lynch, where it's like kind of always influencing what you're doing or uh is it just like giving you the fuel to do what you need to do <laughs> no i don't think of it as fuel but i'm in very much into kind of the uh experience mm -hmm. of it almost like almost like uh like an like an experience of imagination like i just love to, to smell the coffee for a long time you know like five minutes and just see where my imagination takes me nice i just try to think of descriptive words whatever comes to my mind and then i'll take a sip and then i just try to i don't know i just try to imagine things and so it's kind of a, to, to me, it's kind of an, a, a, an exercise in imagination. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of a, an important part of my day, daily routine. And I can only handle one cup a day without going crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, do you ever feel like it messes with your, uh, Jeff, your, your guitar chops? Like, does it ever uh, make you too jittery to like play accurately? <laughs> no, no. But if I skip coffee, I do get kind of a headache. So I guess I am addicted to that one cup a day. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Um, cool, man. Uh, it's, that makes me think, you know, uh, Alfred, right? Like Daedalus. Um, he, yeah. He's a big coffee dude. And like, I feel like uh, it's essential to, you know, his like workflow to just get that like morning, uh, you know, jolt. And uh, he talks about something similar, like you know, a state of wonderment. And I, I love that idea. Just like, you know, finding <laughs> excitement and everything. And uh, yeah, the imaginal stuff is beautiful. Um, cool, man. Well, we don't have to keep on talking about coffee this whole time. Cool. Um, uh, <laughs> I could talk all day about coffee. 
So you're down by, uh, you said under the two uh, freeway, uh, and this is like your spot. Uh, when did this become your spot? Well, to tell you the truth, this is honestly my second favorite spot. Um, oh, shit. But when I moved to Los Angeles eight years ago, I had no gigs and no nothing really. I was just looking for a place to practice. And uh, I just thought that over in Atwater Village, Red Car River Park, down in the LA River, like I had kind of peeked over the side of the road down there and thought it looked interesting. So one day I just kind of walked down there with my banjo and just started practicing down there. And this was eight years ago. A lot has changed in eight years. It was still, I mean, for me coming from Utah, I was, it, it felt a little bit scary to me. <laughs> I don't know why. Mm. But I started practicing my banjo there, and I met some really cool people. I met a bunch of artists, started playing there, started rehearsing with my band down there. It kind of turned into a fun thing. And 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 there used to be a lot of uh, kind of like gang guys hanging out there, and they would throw their bottles, not at me, but to the mm. side of me. And I hmm. think that maybe that was their way of letting me know that I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like so, that. Uh, they weren't trying so, to intimidate you or anything? I don't think they were trying to hurt me. I think they were just trying to let me know this is our spot, but you're welcome to practice your banjo. <laughs> cool, man. And we've uh, never had any, any problems. And, and the other day I was practicing down there. I still practice down here and I still play shows down here. But the other day, one guy came up to me, you know, looked really rough. And he said, uh, he said, I just want to thank you for all of your hard work. And I just want you to know that me and the guys appreciate what you do. Dude, that's, that's <laughs> and they're like, it's not easy doing what you do. <laughs> Man, so, uh, so the spot really in Atwater, <laughs> it, the, that spot in Atwater is your favorite then? or? Uh... Yeah, Red Car River Park. That's where I kind of like started and met some really nice people and stuff and then and then I, I met an artist named um projected visions he calls himself uh ryan patrick griffin and he does these projections and he invited me to come play under here under the two and well everybody sits along there and we set up along here and he does these giant projections on this huge 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 wall it's hard to tell how big it is probably from the screen but it's huge nice and at nighttime we do these shows we bring generators and stuff and batteries and he does these giant projections on the wall and that's probably my favorite reason to be in la is is to do these shows it's so much fun man that's awesome um do you feel like i mean like that's such a specific environment and like it's almost like uh i feel like it's almost an instrument in your ensemble like uh does does it play into uh, your playing like that? Like, does it contribute some sort of extra thing to the music? Yeah, is yeah. I forgot how loud it is, but as the cars go over, you can probably, it's probably really loud right now. That's it. But yeah. as the cars go over, it sounds like waves and, it, and it's really, really echoey down here too, but not too echoey. That definitely contributes to the, to the sound. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just see my guitar too. My friend, my friend Ryan made this guitar for me. Oh yeah, Ooh. lovely. 
um <laughs> when you go down there to shed and stuff do you bring your amp and all or just uh just the guitar yeah i mean usually what i do is i bring my full setup like i'm gonna like and i i say practice but really it's 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 always more like an actual performance and i, I usually post it on my instagram mm -hmm. and 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 there's people coming out and so the the, the i call it a practice but really it's more like a performance and, and and really the only practicing i do these days is just like preparation with like learning a song or or um, preparing um preparing backup tracks mm -hmm. to use gotcha and I, I love to do that i love to take little samples and stuff from current top 40 songs and totally implement those and sometimes add orchestral sounds to them it's funny, I actually, I was like, uh, just fiddling around the apartment today, and I, I came across this, uh, and I was like, oh shit, ah! <laughs> what perfect timing, uh, like, you know, a few hours before I talked to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I love that, like, you know, you have these, like, I feel like your approach is like, it reminds me of standards, but you're playing things that are relevant to people today, and like, I've always been bothered by people who are like, let's play Stella by Starlight, and it's like, oh, that song that was on the radio when you weren't born? uh you know like <laughs> like i feel like taking like a jay-z song or uh you know like a frank ocean song or whatever that's like a lot more relevant and it's still essentially a standard so um is that how you think of it or any amendments to yeah that? actually yes in fact one time i was curious about that very very topic that you're talking about because i i call what i do i just call it jazz but mm -hmm. people you know some of my friends and stuff are sort of like, no, you're not jazz. <laughs> but I still just call it straight up jazz. So I looked at like uh, one of the albums I really loved listening to when I was younger, um, Portraits in Jazz by Bill Evans. Mm -hmm. And I looked at every song on that album. And I don't think there was one song that was older than 20 years mm -hmm. before, yeah. before the album was recorded. And so like, if I wanted to do an album like that, Right now, that means I'd have no songs, no standards on my album that are older than 2001. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one. So, so I feel like I'm just absolutely just trying to do what all my heroes have always done. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, cool. So, uh, tell me more about this uh, about these environments that you planned because I've unfortunately yet to. Uh, go to one of your shows at the river but uh, i've seen all these things of you on instagram and it's such a like such a vibe man like there's you know like you're out in the open air there's water nearby like you know you're with the elements like uh how does that influence things well there's something about being in a city that's as dense as la that to have discovered this la river that's just you know like there's nobody mm -hmm. right now just me out here to find this weird place that's so huge and open and i just sneak down here it's it, it's this feeling of and especially when we do a show it, it it's like this feeling of freedom that this feeling of freedom that I've never felt in my whole life. I've, I did fall in love with playing in the street back in Salt Lake City. And, and in, I lived in New York City for three years around 2000 to 2001 
or was he 1999 to 2002, I guess maybe something like that. But I played in the subway and I love to play in the subway. So I've always had a love for playing in the street. But there's something special about the LA River that even takes it to another level, mm-hmm. especially when we do these shows, because it just feels like, feels like, kind of feel the sense of freedom that I've never felt before. A sense of, a sense of not really adhering to regular laws and stuff maybe <laughs> like i'm just like a, a citizen of earth not a citizen of this country or the city or i don't know it just mm-hmm. feels really cool it feels kind of like anarchy maybe i don't know <laughs> cool man well i mean i don't know if that's the right word but it just it just feels really cool a feeling that i've never felt a feeling of freedom that i've never really felt before <laughs> i mean i feel like uh you know anarchy is such a, a big umbrella term but like that I feel like meshes with me describing your playing as explosive. Like there's something like anarchic in the best sense. It's uh yeah, very liberated, very expressive. And so, yeah, I, I love that. That's your like environment, man. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sort of curious about your like musical background. Cause we've known each other for a good long while, but uh, I feel like I've never gotten to know about your musical history. Like, uh, like whether, you know, it's influences growing up or like uh, what you're sort of, like background, like, are you self-taught? Did you have teachers? Um, so curious about any of that. Well, when I was, my dad plays guitar. It's kind of, kind of sing or a really wonderful singer songwriter. And um, he taught me how to play a bunch of chords on the guitar and stuff. But my mom got me, when I was like 11 years old, she got me hooked up with guitar lessons from the local university professor. Mm-hmm. And it was classical guitar lessons. And my teacher was really awesome, really good um, classical guitarist named Larry Green at BYU in Provo, Utah. And he had a picture of Jimi Hendrix burning his guitar on his office wall. (laughs) So he kind of like taught me a little bit of rock on the side and, and jazz too. He taught me jazz, rock and classical all together from a pretty young age. Mm -hmm. And but as I was growing up, I listened to the jazz radio station. And I was lucky enough to have some really cool friends who were really into jazz. And I just kind of fell in love head over hills with jazz, like big time. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, my three biggest heroes were probably Lester Young, Coleman Hawkins, and Ben Webster for the longest time. And I love anything Miles Davis I've ever heard, of course. But then one day I heard Charles Mingus mm-hmm. and that changed my life when I heard Charles Mingus because Charles Mingus just had that sense of urgency, that sense of sort of like now mm-hmm. that I had never really heard before, kind of like, like rock and roll almost. Totally. And I loved that. And, oh, and I, and I of course love, fell in love with um, John Coltrane, you know, especially like his right. later fell in love with that mm-hmm. but Charles Mingus is kind of my biggest had the biggest kind of impact on me I'd say when I finally when I discovered him nice so I mean it's interesting I feel like uh, I'm also not the type of person that's really like I, of course I love jazz guitarists and the whole thing but like I I definitely would like pick horn players or drummers or piano players before um uh, guitarists um are there any any guitarists or have you always been sort of like more into you know like corn players 
No, I was always, you're right. I was always more drawn to fun players and composers and stuff. Oh, I love modern classical music too. Like Morton Feldman is my favorite. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. And, oh, and when I'm driving around, I'm always just listening to classical radio. But as far as guitar players go, I was lucky enough to hear Nils Klein's mm-hmm. trio in Salt Lake City around must have been like 1998 or something. And oh my gosh, he just blew the roof off of this tiny little venue in Salt Lake City called Kilby Court. He, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life, period. Wow, yeah. I, at the moment, I was thinking like, holy, this is the John Coltrane of guitar. Yeah, he, and he does a version of uh, Interstellar Space, right? On guitar? I think so, yeah. Like, I real... haven't actually heard it, but... Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I got it a while ago, and like I was like, this is going to require like me sitting down and paying a lot of attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, so was that trio with like uh, Tim Byrne and stuff, or like the alto player or do you recall dang i can't i can't it was it was an upright bass player and a tremor but i can't remember their names okay so long ago but it was it was amazing what he was doing with his pedals and stuff it was it was just absolutely insane i can't believe it yeah i feel like he's like i was actually telling my wife today just like how i like i have a little bit of like a like an old uh, cranky guy attitude about pedals, you know, I'm like, you need to learn how to play without pedals. first. <laughs> but like Nels Klein, like, uh, yeah, that dude in particular, he uh, is a mature pedal user. He He's smart as hell about it. <laughs> like everything is like so creative and uh, um, cool, man. So uh, you're studying with, uh, what was his name? Uh, Who Green was the classical guy, guitar guy? Larry. Larry. Oh, Le- his name was Larry Green. Cool. Yeah. Um, nice. So, do you still play any classical stuff at all, or um, mostly electric? No, I don't. And, and I don't. Um, and the only like straight ahead jazz I do is as I'm grinding my coffee beans. I have, I have a Lido three grinder, <laughs> and as I'm grinding my coffee beans, you know, it takes me like ninety seconds or something. As I'm turning the dial, mm-hmm. I think a rhythm change is like. <laughs> so that's my only I do 90 seconds of rhythm changes practice every day in my head <laughs> i love that that's hilarious <laughs> just uh, just to just to honor the 12 year old 15 year old me that you know still loves straight ahead jazz mm-hmm. <laughs> there's somebody <laughs> is that a homie that's rollers rollers yeah he he rolls by every time I do a show, that it's just a coincidence he's riding by. <laughs> nice, um, cool. So, uh, uh, let's see here. I guess. Uh, what about you? Do you do any um, straight ahead guitar practicing anymore? I mean, like I feel like I wouldn't say straight ahead. I know like... you freaking shred. <laughs> um, I was I was just thinking of how we're like so like while we get along so well, and I feel like we have affinities for each other's music um we're very different because i'm like you know you're saying like you basically will just like practice what you're going to be playing or like it's like practice is kind of a performance and for me i feel like uh i'm just like got to work on this inversion like you know it's very like uh like i'm just trying to 
learn every single word from the dictionary instead of like speak sentences if you will um so like it's a weird <laughs> it's a weirdly different approach that's a lot more sort of ben maunder than it is uh <laughs> yeah i don't really play standards or anything i know my like three standards <laughs> like i can play have you met miss jones very well and something like that you know um but not much straight ahead now um yeah mostly technique and just like uh trying to expand my chord voc vocabulary oh cool <laughs> yeah but i should actually uh, <laughs> i should do things that are actually performative um yeah uh so i mean something else that somebody will like find if they see you playing is that you have the craziest uh gear setup and i was curious what your journey was with that because like you know everything's like very very your own it's like you know your amp looks like some sort of like space refrigerator and like uh uh you have like a very modded out guitar and like uh i've seen you with a bow and uh like putting your cell phone up to your pickups like uh, a lot of extended sort of wacky stuff so how did that develop it just it just sort of happened over the years i slowly started you know i've always had my phone in my pocket and there's so many fun little apps that you know need little synthesizers or noise sounds and stuff and I just started holding up my phone next to my guitar pickup for those just for fun but then i just started getting more and more into that and, the, and now almost on every song i sing the choruses through um the imt paint app <laughs> auto to my voice and i hold it up to my guitar so you know i'm holding my guitar up like this uh -huh. and i'm holding my phone up here but uh that's kind of become my thing but the guy who built my guitar is my old best friend from high school and his name is ryan thorell and it's t-h-o-r-e-l-l -L. and he's become kind of he's become a world famous guitar builder nice and he's based out of logan utah but he built this guitar my first guitar was a gibson es-125 that also had no cutaway so i've always loved arch top jazz guitars that don't have a cutaway mm -hmm. i've always just felt really comfortable to me but my amplifier was built by another, actually my brother's best friend. Um, his name is Josh Stipic, but he calls himself Electron Love. And that's L-U-V at the end. Sorry. <laughs> Electron Love with L-U-V at the end. And if you just Google Electron Love and click images, you'll start to cry. This is amps are so beautiful. <laughs> and, and I, he dropped out of high school and I hadn't seen him for years. Then I came across his amplifiers online. And I started crying because these things were so gorgeous. Mm. And uh, but I got a hold of him and just begged him to build me an amplifier. And it took you know like two years or something of me just begging him every week. <laughs> and he built it, and it's it's insane. It's just the craziest thing ever. The speakers are from an old Hammond organ. The tubes are these really really rare old um, World War II vacuum tubes. Um. Uh, yeah, I smashed one of the tubes once. This was like twelve. I've had it for maybe like ten or twelve years. Smashed one of the tubes when I first got it. I dropped it, and I was able to find a replacement for like five hundred bucks. Yeah. But 
I looked up now. Now I think that same tube costs like a thousand dollars or more just for Shit. one of these tubes. <laughs> Damn. Um, but there's um, a Chinese-made replacement that'll work too. So. Gotcha. I'm not totally in trouble. Right? Um, Break one. What, so, like, um, do you feel like those specific, uh, like the tubes and all that, like, what what are you getting out of the sound? That uh, I mean, like. Obviously, it's a very special amp uh, for a gazillion reasons, but like, um, how would you describe the sound and like uh, what it does for you? Well, what I love specifically about my amp is it seems to have, whenever I try any other amp nowadays, it feels like I'm only getting the higher frequencies. <laughs> okay. There's just so much brightness, but this one, this one fills it in even down lower. So I feel like, I feel like it's kind of a darker amp and I'm really, I've really grown accustomed to that and comfortable with that. And even on some, some other amps that I try that sound all bright to my ears, even if I turn the treble way down, it just gets quieter. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of missing some of that, some of those lower frequencies. At least that's how it, that's how it is in my mind. I don't know if that's, 100% accurate, mm -hmm. but but I I love this amplifier. It just sounds really big and full voiced. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, are you the type of guy that rolls off your uh, tone knob, or do you have a tone knob on that guy? Yes, um, I do have a tone knob. There's volume, tone. On this old uh, Jarman pickup. Nice. I I um. No, I, I actually, I, I don't find myself rolling the tone off, believe it or not, because mm -hmm. it's, because it, I probably would if I was playing another amp, but since my amp's already kind of on the dark side, I, I don't find myself rolling off the tone. Yeah, I, find I, do, I do roll back the volume quite a bit, and I think, mm. I think most volume pots do kind of roll off the tone as you roll the volume off. Okay, yeah, that makes and sense. And so, so it does, that does darken up my tone a little bit, but when I want to pluck really hard and I turn the volume down like a like three or four notches i think that i think that darkens the tone a little bit i went through like a phase briefly of uh you know being in the church of Methaney and like uh just like sort of worshiping pat Methaney's sound and like uh you know I was, I was like always so rolled off and like so dark and like everything sounds like this and uh <laughs> realized then eventually everybody's gonna be like i can't hear anything you're doing it sounds <laughs> muddy but uh, <laughs> uh yeah uh, dude, I should show you uh, my new axe, uh, which is hidden oh, yeah. behind this wall. Because, um, yes. again, very diametrically opposed to uh, you. Hang on. So, um, I'm not ashamed of it. I am now a seven-string player, and I am a headless uh, seven-string player. <laughs> what? Yeah, so it's a Strandberg, um, one of these guys. What is what what uh what is that thing? Uh, the maker is Strandberg. It's funny they they stylize it uh, dot Strandberg like all lowercase and then an asterisk. So it's like it looks very kind of like you know computer codey moderny. Um, yeah, it's I love this thing because it's like you know very very active pickups. Um, the bridge locks like I only tune this guitar like once every few weeks basically um and i'm kind of like i love this like 
you know Holdsworth sort of vibe of like playing a space guitar where it's like there's no headstock. Um, but wow. Maybe, I really like I love that um, it's extended range so I can actually comfortably hit the 24th fret and uh, then the frets are slanted just a little bit which uh, like it's, oh, it's multi-scale or whatever so um, the intonation I find is a lot better than I'm used to with like my Strat or my Les Paul. Um, yeah. Oh wow. That's a big deal. How many frets did you say it has? Uh, 24 and then seven strings. <laughs> oh cool. You got so the <laughs> That's awesome. You know, here's something that I've learned lately about intonation. New strings fix a lot of intonation problems. Mm -hmm. and I think it's because those damn divots compressing the strings down. Mm, but also, good. newer strings help me a lot with intonation, and they help me a lot with um, the uh, signal-to-noise ratio is a lot better with newer mm -hmm. strings. Especially on these thicker... You know, I think I'm using 12s. Nickel-wound nickel 12s. Nice. And so, for those two reasons alone, I always try to have new strings on every at least every couple of weeks at least mm -hmm. yeah this thing is a pain in the ass to spring, but um that's so um cool man yeah, but I, my but my intonation sucks and so that's <laughs> where you have the fan frets that probably helps a lot yeah um it, it's interesting i mean just like it feels nice to play um the pickups are so active though it's kind of crazy like uh you know, you always have to have it rolled off because otherwise it's just. But uh, it's that's good for my for death metal stuff. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you play death metal songs? Yeah, I Do mean you? the the project I'm working on is a is a sort of like uh, maybe it's not a death metal, but it's like it's you know pretty uh pretty heavy uh, evil sounding music. So <laughs> like distorted, like you. <laughs> You totally destroyed <laughs> blast beats and the whole thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, dude. Um, no way. Set this down. Uh, here, um, what was I going to ask? Uh, see here we talked about favorite guitarists you so i mean you do stuff with like the bow and i'm curious about that like uh i mean i, I guess like i've always just been like it's it's not gonna work but then like obviously it does for you know see your or whoever like the few guitarists that use a bow um what's what's your whole thing with that oh that's the thing like remember they they came, Super Rose came and played at Walt Disney Concert Hall a few years ago, and every seems like a lot of my friends went, and a lot of people were posting videos of that guy using the bow. And that's the day I went out and bought a bow. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. And I knew Jimmy Page used the bow. So like two or three years ago, I think, after I heard, saw all those little videos my friends posted of Super Rose playing at Walt Disney Concert Hall, I went out and bought a bow, and I just instantly fell in love. And I haven't put the bow down since. And I can't even, I'm probably the world's shittiest uh, bow user, but I just love it so much. And now I got a reverb pedal with an expression pedal attached to it. And I can do these reverbs as well. So I can hit a note 
and then let the note ring out. Nice. And it just, I love to do that. That's kind of my thing now. So do you use like a, an upright bass bow or is it a violin bow or a, is there a specific type to- I got a violin with? bow and it's just kind of a student bow. Mm -hmm. Got for maybe like a hundred bucks or something at Los Angeles violin shop in Koreatown on Olympic. And I've, I've, I've probably bought like 10 bows since then. Oh, wow. Just, just kind of mess around. I've tried cello, viola, student size, full size. And, and I think what I finally settled on is just a regular full size violin bow. It's the most uh, comfortable for me. Nice. I think um, that's what this is. <laughs> I, was, I was messing around so much that I can't remember if this is like a viola or violin, but it's probably a full size violin bow. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, do you like when you use it? Are you hitting all six strings, or, or do you find yourself like trying to like you know bend it so you're like you know like or how, like what does that look like on a practical? No, I I kind of you know since the since the guitar is arched just a little bit, you know from sixth string to first string, there is a little bit of an arch. Mm -hmm. I don't usually hit all six strings, but I'll hit like the low for fun chords. I can hit like the lowest the low three strings all at once, maybe the low four strings all at once. And I love to do high double stops because it's really easy to hit two strings up high. I find myself muting unwanted strings a lot. And it's really easy to hit my first string, of course, because, or, or just my sixth string or just my first string are the easiest to hit because, you know, I can get an angle. And so I find myself doing a lot of melodies on just the first string, but it's fun to do, um, two string stuff too is the first and second string gotcha. and i can kind of do a kind of a rake sort of long to get all six strings but it's hard to get them all at once just because there is a, still a little bit of a I feel like there is a little bit of a curve to the way the strings are gotcha. you said you're using uh round wounds right or are you using flatties yeah i no, i'm using round wounds and I talked to the violin guy about that, and I can't now. I can't remember what he said, but now that I think about it, violin strings are usually it seems like they're usually flat wounds, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know, but the the bow picks up round wounds really nice, believe it or not. Um, are there any other like weird? Uh like tricks in your tool bag like the bow or like the cell phone thing uh like what i mean uh while well, i don't want you to divulge any secrets unnecessarily uh i'm curious <laughs> ideas myself um i don't i find myself using the side of my because i'm always holding my phone and then i want to do some crazy chord i find myself just grabbing the side of my phone and just like <laughs> scratching the guitar like this <laughs> Using the side of my phone to scratch the guitar. Okay. I mean, the scratchy stuff. And this is my only pick that I even own in life. That one pick. That one pick. I've had or this that for one years. Yeah. <laughs> that, I think I had that it made. Specific one. This is JP. You're talking about that yeah, specific just one, or this one exact pick. <laughs> Damn. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm just impressed that you haven't lost it or misplaced it or anything. Um, I feel like I have. I know that's the thing. Back when I used to have tons of picks, I I drop them and lose them all the time. I just grab a new one. There's something about just having one pick; you never lose it if it's your, like your only one. <laughs> and so fun. sometimes I'll drop it, then I'll go the rest of the show with just my fingers. I love guitarists that just use their fingers. By the way, mm -hmm. I always have. 
but but I use this big old giant weird thick like I think some people call these a base pick it's that huge size and it's really thick but I I like to use the side of the pick and scratch like that mm-hmm. I like I like doing stuff like that it sounds really sloppy um but my musical journey and like sort of like my chopsy journey the last several years for better or for worse i've honestly just been trying to do less and less in terms mm-hmm. of difficult difficult things a because i kind of suck at difficult stuff and b i'm just trying to be as expressive as possible and i, I just i just have a hard time expressing myself doing like a string of eight notes or something i just mm-hmm. it's hard i can't i just feel like that's not me and i feel like if i do some crazy ah, scratchy sound that kind of sounds kind of like a scream or something <laughs> i feel like i could relate to that a little bit more mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe uh, i don't know uh does somebody like uh pat martino it's all, does, it's, does his playing do anything for you i mean not to actually uh, yes i love pat martino <laughs> yeah no those guys that can do a line and make mm-hmm. it sound gorgeous like that. I love, I love Pat Martino, and I love Pat Metheny, and I love, I love all those guys. But, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, lately for the last years or so, I just, you know, I'll even sit down and try to transcribe those guys, play their looks in different keys and everything. But I just have a hard time playing the guitar normal. It, it, I have a hard time kind of connecting to that with my heart. Yeah, can't yeah. quite, can't quite, I don't know if it's because I just can't quite do a good job at it or what, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I've kind of given up. <laughs> uh, a while ago, I was like setting out to be like, kind of like the weirdest, uh, like I was calling it the most orthogonal guitarist in LA. Like I, I want to sort of do the most like uh, atypical things, but I feel like you, I, I might not be able to beat you on this, so uh, you're very much doing your own thing, uh, and it's awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, like it's really interesting because it's such a departure from like like you know as somebody who like went to music school and it's like you have to learn this, you have to do this, and it's very like very have to have to, and like I feel like your uh, style is very liberated, so um, I I applaud you for that. <laughs> um. I'm cu- curious to hear more about the projections that um, uh, you like that dude that you're collaborating with uh, for the projections. So like, is he coming up with stuff ahead of time that pairs with your music or is it like in any way connected to your music? Like, is there any, like, is it generated based on the frequency spectrum of what you're doing or something? Well, sometimes we'll have a, a theme for the concert. Like it'll be called, of like a name of the show, like like the last one we did was out at Giant Rock in the desert. We snuck out there, and it was called an an attempt at contact. And so, but Ryan, the guy who does the art, calls himself Projected Visions. He he has an iPad. And he has apps where he'll just um, paint using his fingers on the iPad. And that's 
mainly what he does. Mostly just these instantaneous finger drawings on his iPad. And as I'm describing that, it sounds like that would look kind of stupid. These little squiggles on an iPad. But this guy is able to... There's so much life mm-hmm. in what he does and so much so much emotion and so much it's it's overwhelming like it it's what he does with his fingers on that damn ipad is just it's incredible it's it's out of this world and he his favorite thing to do is he just goes out into nature and just projects like on a rock or something and just tries to make these neat little light designs and then they start kind of moving a little bit and so he's super, super influenced, I think, by nature and water ripples and leaves. But but what he's able, what he's able to do live while we're playing, so so he's improvising. I, I would say it's like ninety. To me, it feels like what he's doing is ninety percent improvisation, like even more improvisation than what what I'm doing. I'd say. Mm. It, it, so is it like? I mean. Do you feel like his input, like his creative input, is what you're doing, or is it kind of like he's doing it? Like, do you feel like it's a pairing, or is it like a an interaction? It's well, usually I'm facing, not facing what he's doing, so I mm-hmm. I don't get to see it. So, but I think he's reacting. I know that he's reacting mm-hmm. super, super, super um, intensely with the music. Nice. And and uh, and not so much the other way around, just because I'm facing the other way. But you know, I mean, just just being in the same area as somebody that's that creative, you know, just to know that that's going on is super, super, super inspiring to me. Even if I can't, even if I'm not like watching exactly what it's doing. But sometimes we'll turn around mm-hmm. and then try to. Sometimes we'll turn around and stare at what he's doing and try to make musical little notes and stuff that match what he's doing. And that's actually really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, when you were talking about uh, influences earlier, uh, I was thinking about Anthony Braxton. I was curious if you are into Anthony's music. Oh, I've just heard a lot. I've just heard a little bit of him, but not a lot. Because um, he does all those like, graphical scores, you know, where like, uh, like I saw him uh, sometime a few years ago downtown and like, I was right behind him and the score is like, you know, little diamonds and squiggles and stuff. And it's like, it's so refreshing to see a departure from notation and like that whole world. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I feel like you would vibe with him because uh, super creative dude. Um, very, you know, sort of free and, uh, you know, expressive and all that. Uh, but let's see here. What other things are there? What, what are you influenced by outside of music? Like uh, sort of anything else in culture that gets you riled up um, in a positive way, that is? Um, Literature besides, or films or... Besides, well, during the whole pandemic, I watched a lot of TV. And I guess this is very music related. I, I did love the... Uh, I love modern TV scores. I love all the creative things composers are doing on TV shows now. They have all these, uh, you know, orchest- orchestras in their computers and stuff. And I'm just, I'm just blown away with some of these composers, what they're able to do these days. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I love 
I love to watch TV. So I've been super influenced by that. I guess that's music related, but, and when I'm driving around, I like listening to the straight ahead classical station. And so like, even though I'm into like, I prefer to be listening to like modern classical, but I'm stoked if I hear like some, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've just, it's funny. I listen to hours and hours a day of regular classical music. <laughs> Like Mendelssohn and Brahms, Chopin. Then if I'm lucky, maybe some Ravel or Debussy. You know, I I just love that stuff. It's so, I know it's so conservative, but yeah. <laughs> damn, I love it. I, I do. I love it. But 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 non-music, I this is embarrassing, but I love, also watched like every single basketball game I could during the pandemic. Interesting, okay. And I got super, 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 super into NBA basketball this last year. And the Utah Jazz is my team because I'm from Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And so it was so fun to watch those guys play because they don't really have any superstars. And they had to kind of – but they had, ended up with the league's best record. And their their coach is kind of this crazy um, cocaine addict. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. And he's he's crazy. and And he has, like – a backwards philosophy like he yells at his guys for not shooting it like he's all he's just you could hear him shouting from the side of the court shoot the ball shoot faster <laughs> like like i don't know it's been fun to watch the jazz this year yeah i mean that sounds anarchic as well um <laughs> very, um interesting uh, so you mentioned morton feldman earlier and I've been thinking about him because I'm going to do this like little presentation on like really, really long music. Cause I think that's like a, an interesting thing. Uh, you know, like, and with him doing like, you know, six hour, like, uh, string quartets and all that, like, uh, I remember I had this professor in college and he was like, yeah, we would go to see Martin Feldman's music and you know, like basically people would trickle out bit by bit. And like the only people <laughs> left were like the Zen monks basically. Um, so how, like, what's your listening to him? Like, uh, Cause that's like not easy listening. That's a, that's like a, a you're sitting there listening to like a long ass <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't remember how I got into him, but my favorite piece by him is this one that's called Durations for mm-hmm. Tuba, Piano, and Viola, I think. And it sounds like the funniest combination of three instruments, but I don't, it's just, instantly when i heard it it was just like the most beautiful thing i'd ever heard in my life and it probably still is the most beautiful thing i've ever heard in my life and it's just it's just this instrument just playing these long tones basically seemingly random long tones but it just has such a strong emotional impact mm-hmm. and i've always loved how minimal he is too like there'll be a big long moment of silence and then maybe a note will barely start and it'll just get silent again and maybe a note will start to come in a little bit. I just thought that was really exciting and super minimal. Mm-hmm. Cool. Man, I found these uh, these conversations on YouTube uh, that, if you haven't heard them, I, I suggest them. It's basically uh, Morton Feldman talking to John Cage, and like they're like hour long conversations where they're just kind of like it gets. I feel like it has a very sort of dorm roomy like like maybe like a little stony quality to it, and like you know they're just like talking about aesthetics and like they have such a, a clear appreciation for each other. Um, 
is funny. I think like Martin Feldman seems like this very like loud big guy, and you know, John Cage is such a like a sensitive like <laughs> uh, person. And um, I also saw a video of like I guess like uh, Martin Feldman talking about you know how we need like really really long music, and then uh, Elliot Carter and friends sort of scoffing at him. And I'm a big Elliot Carter fan, but like it's so interesting that like why would you scoff at Martin Feldman for wanting to do six hour long music? That's a really <laughs> Um, oh i can't wait to check those out oh my gosh yeah, they're great um yeah what else uh one of my that reminds me one of my favorite things that i found on youtube was like it was glenn gould recording mm. at some studio in new york and this was like his most famous recordings ever done or something but it's just the reels you know it just keeps going it's just the recording and he is so calm and gentle interesting and here he was recording can't remember what it was exactly but possibly you know one of the greatest recordings ever made on earth and i would expect him just to be a total dick in the studio like like all like ah but no he's so relaxed so calm so gentle just spoke to the the engineering booth in a very very soft voice like hey maybe we could try that again I'd like to give it you know super polite i could not believe it interesting I'll have to scope that out. Um, yeah, it's interesting when you get a little window into uh, how people are in real life. Um, yeah, I know. There's there's one of there's another tape like that. It's called like the reels of Miles Davis recording with his second quintet, and that is so fun to listen to. Like what he tells his bandmates and stuff. Just gonna check out my car, make sure. For sure. Things okay. Yeah. I feel um, like, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was, that's also one of my favorite things I've come across. Just like the, 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 the session tapes or whatever of Miles Davis with, with those guys. Is that where it's like voices all raspy and shit? Uh, yeah. And I can't remember what ew. he says, but he just interacts with his band in like, like the funniest way ever. And, and and you know they all respect him. You know he's their hero. <laughs> That's a, that I was. I'm always blown away by that band. With you know Ron Carter, or Tony Williams. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's just every time I hear that, I'm always just blown away. I'm like, this is that's as like as good as jazz gets right there. <laughs> yeah. I always yeah. think that. Tony Williams. Like, like I hear some newer jazz band, newer quartet. I'm like, no this that that was better <laughs> yeah it had, it had like grit and it was raw but it was like so adventurous and virtuosic at the same time um I, so i imagine in your groups you're as a leader you're a total taskmaster and a meanie right <laughs> oh man <laughs> guess what mm-hmm. i vanessa my sweetheart was teasing me about this the other day she thinks that in elementary school, I probably got that check, the box check that says like, does not work well with others. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work well with others. I, I, I'm a sucky communicator. I get mad. I, I do get mad on the bandstand. Somebody messes up. So I've been going more and more minimal lately. And, and lately I've been doing solo. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't work with guys anymore. I just can't. But my, my main, there's just 
three guys that I play with still. Um, one's um, Derek, who plays keyboards, and he's out of this world, wonderful, creative. He loves to do little sounds and noises. And then there's Logan Hone on saxophone, who I love so much dearly, and Jesse QT on drums, and I also love him so much. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll, I'll do duos with those guys sometimes, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure they don't, I'm sure they all have, I'm sure it's not like the easiest thing for them to do with me. I'm not very, I'm not very good at working with, with people. <laughs> so I, I prefer to go solo. So I don't, uh, so I don't know. Otherwise I feel like a jerk. Or, hmm. um, and, and, and lately I finally have the courage to go solo too. Like I never had the courage to do a show by myself, but finally I have the courage to do that. And, just kind of that's kind of the direction i'm headed is just to play by myself it feels it feels a little bit better <laughs> totally yeah and i feel like yeah that's like a whole thing for guitarists like and it's funny because you know there's like the you know i'm gonna play the chord melody of all these standards and like that whole thing but like i feel like you're armed with a different tool set that is actually probably like better for solo playing like because uh, like nobody wants to hear somebody walk a bass on guitar while comping for themselves like fuck that like, i hate that like it's just tedious because like why do you want to hear somebody that doesn't specialize in walking bass do a bad job of walking bass and comping for themselves <laughs> yeah, i'm just i'm a hater um oh that's hilarious <laughs> um let's see here so yeah i mean okay so you're mostly doing solo stuff now um interesting cool. well we should do some and duets stuff sometime um, i would love to jam sometime we should we've been talking about it we absolutely mm -hmm. should um the other thing about going solo or do a like each of those guys i admire i didn't mean to i'm only trashing myself and saying that it's difficult to go duo mm -hmm. but um because they're all just beautiful amazing but I'm the one who cares about my music more than anybody else on earth. <laughs> and it's unfair to ask somebody else to care about it as much as I do, you know? <laughs> so it just, it just makes more sense to me lately. Mm -hmm. to, to so <laughs> Man, like getting back into guitar and going on YouTube and seeing like the landscape out there. It's interesting. Cause like, yeah, a lot of the time it's like, oh, here's the playthrough video. And it's like these guitarists sitting there at a chair with their MIDI files. And like, I just feel like there's this phenomenon of the, the guitarist that's alone with their MIDIs, like in a room, just, you know, playing along with a, a synthetic band. And like, so I think that maybe that's like a guitarist thing. just kind of like not knowing how to, like when I was in music school, it was like the guitar program was its own thing. And like, there was a jazz studies program and then jazz guitar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's a, a fundamental thing about guitarists that they don't know how to connect with other musicians. But it's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love those flamenco dudes. Holy freak. And classical guitar players. Are you hip but, to uh, Adam Del Monte? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's still in, in LA. Um, he's disgusting to get a guitar <laughs> no i'll 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 get hip to him again if i'm not I, I, that rings a bell but i can't quite remember he's an utter beast it's ridiculous um yeah and i mean like i appreciate that he does flamenco but like he he 
you know, sort of blends in other stuff in a not oh, cool. corny way. But, uh, so are you doing uh, any like, you know, gigs with various ensembles or by yourself or anything like that um, in the near future that you want to uh, tell anybody about to get the word out there? No, um, nothing specific, but very, very soon, if you keep an eye out, um, you know, my Instagram is JP underscore orchestra. That's kind of my main outlet. That's where I post everything. But if you keep your eyes open, I'll post something soon, like an LA River show soon, really soon. Awesome. And I'm always out here. Usually every other week or so, there's something. You know, but just it just so happens that right at this moment, I don't have anything actually scheduled. How? But, uh, but and I'm always doing bar shows and, and restaurant shows every week. Word. Um, how loud are you able to get down there? Oh, as loud as we want. As loud as our equipment will go. I, I bought a <laughs> an Italian speaker and it's a 15 inch um, powered speaker. That. That thing can go pretty loud. <laughs> I just go as loud. We go as loud as we possibly can, and nobody. I don't think we've ever disturbed anybody who's trying to sleep or anything, like because we're kind of kind of down here in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Weird. Um, I guess um, one of the last things I'll ask uh, that I've asked you before, and I feel like you've uh, maybe like been like, oh yeah, like that. But um, I feel like you have such a joyful, sunny disposition. I'm curious what your what your secret is, um, <laughs> you know, like, like being happy and joyful and like excited by being creative. Like that's like I feel like a lost uh, a lost perspective these days. So like, whoa, oh my gosh! Thank you for saying that. <laughs> of course, it's I feel like every day is like every single moment of every single day is nothing short of just war in my mind i it i just have to fight so hard for everything it, it, i get i get jealous a lot i get i feel angry a lot i feel frustrated a lot hmm. so for you to say that makes me feel really happy and i'm <laughs> i'm glad you say that yeah man but um you must always catch me at the good times <laughs> this is hard it's so hard to play Especially trying to play kind of weird at like restaurants and stuff. There's a lot of haters and it, it's hard. It's just like really, 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 really draining. Damn. So for you to say that, thank you for saying that. But I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily feel that way. I feel like life is really, really, really hard. And so if somebody yeah. says something like that or if somebody appreciates my music, then I'm totally stoked. Yeah, and I'm probably, I've always been stoked to see you because uh freaking amazing musician. <laughs> my, probably my, my top five favorite musicians on earth, I would say. Well. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably just always stoked to see you. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, working in coffee and like, uh, you know, seeing you pop in, it's a, always a nice surprise. Um, yeah, man. Well, cool. Um, we're past an hour, and I, I guess uh, I won't keep okay. you too much longer. Unless, uh, do you have anything you want to chat about? I'm, I'm, I don't have anything to do beyond this. Uh, like, I don't oh, have anywhere to go. But if you I want mean, to <laughs> chat at me, no, that's cool. Thank you for reaching out. I was yeah, really dude. excited to hear from you. And I was about to just do this from home, but I was like, no, I'm gonna go down to the river because that's yeah, like no, my perfect. favorite, 
favorite thing to do. Yeah, man. Well, um, hopefully death metal and JPO uh, show at the river sometime. Oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, weird dictionary only and weird explosive uh sort of synergy <laughs> of some sort to have happen yeah. cool um so you mentioned your instagram is there any other uh place that people can find you on the internet no really that's just my only thing right now it has like some reels posted like whole songs just my feed kind of has little snippets of stuff it's kind of my main outlet i'd say mm-hmm. rad Right, man. Well, Joshua Payne, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, thanks, Josh. Okay, rock on. Talk to you very soon. Sounds good. Okay, bye bye.